I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. It's time for another quick one. And this week we are going back to an episode from the 18th of January, episode 73, with the brilliant Laura Applewhite. We join Laura where she's talking about menopause, the working woman. Is this change or disease? Should we maybe focus on the positives a little bit more and less on the pain? And what on earth has the Japanese word kanenki got to do with the menopause? Enjoy. But then I have conversations with women who go, well, I don't know why everyone makes such a big fuss about menopause because in my day, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why, why is that? Why is that? And for example, the person who said that to me um and she was like, oh, I don't see, you know, why people make such a big fuss about um, menopause. She went on to say that she'd had a hysterectomy and it was just carte blanche. She was off work for three months. Whereas women that I'm talking to at the moment, a lot of them are like, oh, I had my hysterectomy four weeks ago. Why am I not back in the gym yet? Why am I not back at work full time yet? Why am I not running around after my... And I'm like, there was, there's a big mismatch between what... She- really is going on and what you're expecting to happen and then going back to the woman who was like you know you're making a big old fuss about nothing with menopause she was just like I was off work for three months and that was it so maybe she was a bit more protected and maybe she did have that time to heal and it was just like you know that's how it is and she had her time to heal and then when she had had that three months then she was able to come back so maybe there's a bit more of an expectation on us, which actually I think sometimes we put on ourselves as well. I don't think other people put it on us. Maybe that's similar to the main yeah. deal thing, but I think we do put it on ourselves a lot. I think we do, and I think sometimes it comes from the meaning of the word as it's gone through history. You know, we talked earlier about the the Japanese word and the fact that the nearest equivalent means renewal, season, and energy. Mm. It's a change. It's not a disease. Yes, I'm really, really happy you brought that back in as well, because I love that you said that. And I love that word. I'm going to adopt it as well. I'm going to go away and, and see. Yeah, Konenki, for those wondering how it, what that is, it's K-O-N-E-N-K-I. I love it, because I know what sometimes irritates me a lot is that when anyone is talking about menopause, it's always all the negatives and that it ruined my life and menopause and and. I struggle a bit because I want to, I feel it's important to have space for women to say the negatives, but how about we look at the positives as well? So how about we look at the change in our energies and the fact that it's actually quite a good thing that we're not here to tolerate bullshit anymore and we're like straight to the point and we're like, I'm just being efficient with this and you can shut up over there and move <laughs> a bit more direct. But also... For example, with the with the hysterectomy, like yes, I grieved for um, the fact that I couldn't have children anymore, but I didn't want any more children anyway. So I had that period of grief, and then you know, once I got through that, my life is so much better than it was. How about let's look at the fact that I've got consequence free sex for as long as I want it now that's a massive plus like before I used to be worried about getting pregnant every five minutes when I didn't want any more children let's look at the fact that I'm not 
um, tied to the house anymore. You know, let's look at the positives as well. And so it's a it's a very fine balance as well between not being like, oh, let's be like positive Polly all the time and only say the good things. But also let's not always complain about everything and say how everything is crap all the time, especially when I work with women as well. We spend a lot of time honouring you know, what's gone before and honouring the pain and everything that they may be in now or they may have been in the past, but also changing that focus to what do we want our lives to look at in look like in the future? How do we want it to be in the future? Because sometimes if you spend so long looking at all the negatives, then it's just, one, it's knackering, and two, you're not going to improve your life from that place either. So I bring that very much into the menopause discussion as well. I like it. I, I like that. It reminds me of another phrase I've heard, which is, you know, don't paint something as better than it is and don't paint something as worse than it is. Mm. Be true to what is going on. And like it just it, yeah. that phrase came to mind when you were talking about, you know, yeah. don't, you know, it's not always as bad as it's meant to be, but at the same time, don't sit there suffering in silence. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's a huge thing as well. There's a coincidence that maybe Japanese women, because culturally their belief system around what menopause is, is tapered in a different way that the relationship that they have and their view and their beliefs on what they're going through is differently. Um, Yeah. And do you think that then that energy has an influence on then, you know, how the women believe and the men Maybe they, you know, maybe they honour it a little bit more yeah. because they've got this outlook that is more balanced. Whereas I think I was really, really interested when you were talking about the woman that that was a little bit dismissive. I think I'm guilty of that, even though I'm going through some horrific stuff. I'm guilty of, oh, stop making a fuss. I can't be doing with it. But actually, uh, uh, and this is where it comes from. My mom used illness as um, as a as a, a leverage to get away with whatever she wanted to get away with. Yeah. So actually, my belief on stop making a fuss has got absolutely nothing to do with people who are genuinely suffering. That's yeah. me not wanting to. That's my relationship with 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 illness. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can be dismissive. Yeah, and that's I, really... mean, I don't I don't mean it from a but I'm even dismissive with myself. No, not going to think about that. No, not going to deal with that. Yeah, and I do you know what um Dawn, I think that's really um really courageous and really self-aware actually to have that realization and and to say it as well. And that really resonates as well with me because my mum was really poorly when um I was growing up as well and I definitely associated illness with helplessness and victimhood and like to the extent like it used to irritate me when I'd be like oh, she can't do this stuff and right. she's just um yeah helpless and it used to annoy me rather than I used to feel compassion but you know there was compassion as well but no I know exactly what you mean it's not it's not about being mean to other people but it's um it's just interesting that our belief systems are in the same way as if someone's really struggling and they're embarrassed they're embarrassed because of a belief system that they've got around this topic. Yeah. I mean, I'd asked you earlier if you thought it got better, and I think you have. What What would be really cool 
because it's hilarious, Laura. What are some crazy facts about what doctors used to think about this subject? Yeah, I looked this up because um, I know that you like crazy facts about um, women and things from the past. So I heard this on a podcast earlier in the year and it just fascinated me. So I just looked it up before we came on. And the uterus was believed to travel around the body like an animal that was hungry for semen. Um, <laughs> If it wandered in the wrong direction, it could cause all sorts of problems for a woman. So, like, if it was in her throat, it could choke her, cause her to lose her voice, um, cough. If it got stuck in her chest or her rib cage, um, then it might cause her shortness of breath. Any kind of feminine issue could, if the doctor wasn't able to explain it, then it could be a so she had a wandering uterus. A wandering, wandering uterus. Yeah. And funnily enough, funnily enough, treatments included balms, woolen pessaries, genital massage, only by a trusted doctor, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know about those Victorian trusted doctors to massage. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And the ultimate gold standard of treatment was, of course, of course, marriage, intercourse and pregnancy because the uterus was um, a troublemaker, which was um, best satiated, apparently, by pregnancy. Of course. Oh, hilarious. No, and, and oh, this is the, and I'd forgotten this i had my eldest in 1985 and something wasn't right and i don't even remember what and they told me it would fix itself when i had another child i can't even remember what it was it would have been i think it must have been a postnatal i can't do you know what I, it was a million years ago i can't even remember what it was yeah but i was specifically told it would figure itself out when i had another yeah. child i mean i know that some people were saying that um endometriosis could be cured by pregnancy as well which i suppose for some women it may have been true but it's not necessarily true but that was my interest i've got lots of other interesting facts so maybe we'll talk about those the other time. but i knew that you would like that one the, i was watching i was watching a program the other day and i can't remember what the program was but it was it it was to do with it was to do with mental health and mental institutions from years gone by and um, the genital massage came up and they put people down. Women were put down as having psychosis when they were going through the menopause, but they didn't have that term. But there was the genital massage came up and also the electric shock treatment for the yeah. menopause. Oh, my God. But they didn't know what it was. They didn't have a clue that's what was going on. I know. And also back in the day, and actually even still some things now, um, women weren't being tested or, you know, like research in in, med in medical terms, like medical research, a lot of the research is still done on men. So it isn't necessarily bespoke to women. So that, I know that is changing. But again, we have a long, long way to go on that. If you've enjoyed our conversation today, please subscribe and download the podcast. To share your thoughts on this episode or to suggest future topics, connect with us on Instagram at Real Women Podcast. And thank you for listening.